Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to another episode here on the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, in today's episode, sadly, this will be the pretty much the last full weekend of college football here in the 2022 college football season as we are now in week 13. I mean, man, that just feels crazy to say. Like, it, it, I still remember week one and doing all the previews and everything, and now the regular season is about to come to a close, so... Anyways, y'all, we're going to be previewing all of the rivalry weekend games we have going on. Obviously, the biggest rivalry in all of college football in Ohio State and Michigan. We've got the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving between Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and just so many more great games. So before we do start talking about all that, I do want to ask y'all to please make sure that you do like, comment, share, rate, do whatever you can to make sure that we continue to spread the Cover 7 podcast to everybody. Make sure you tell your grandmother, your mom, dad, uncle, and whoever just make sure to tell them about the cover seven podcast so they too can also stay up to date with anything college football and nfl related so guys like i always say i do not want to waste y'all's time or waste my time either so let's get into the and in, in, let's get into today's episode and well to kick it all off this will be our final week of maxion and we only have one day of maxion this week which is kind of sad you know i really wish we could have had more but it'll be on tuesday like always and at 6 p.m central time on espn plus we have a battle of bowl eligibility actually in this game between two five and six teams that are gonna that need a must needed win if they're gonna want to go to bowl game. As we have the Ball State Cardinals going out to Oxford, Ohio to take on Miami of Ohio Redhawks. So uh you know, as much as I probably want to go to Ball State, Miami of Ohio, they have been a little bit hot winning their past I think it was I think they won their two past games. Let me check real quick. Uh no, they lost to Ohio, but they got a good road win against Northern Illinois last week. Um, so I'm going to go Miami of Ohio in this game. I think, obviously, being at home is going to be senior day. That's going to play a lot into this. But, I mean, don't expect Ball State not to go down without a fight because also they're probably going to – they don't want their season to end as well. And they're probably going to they're gonna want to go bowling. I mean, who would not want to go bowling? So give me Miami of Ohio, but I think it will be in a really, really, really close game considering the weather up, up in Ohio and its maxion will probably be really cruddy. So just something to kind of watch and monitor in that game as well. Now, guys, for our next game at 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPNU, we have the Bowling Green Falcons traveling over to Athens, Ohio, to take on the Ohio Bobcats. And for me personally, I think I just outright Ohio will win this game. I love their offense. Their defense has stepped up a little bit these past few weeks that I've been watching them here on Maction. So I'm going to go with the Bobcats of Ohio. So give me Ohio in this game over Bowling Green as we finally will now wrap up Maction. So... I mean, hey, I don't think Max has really disappointed us this uh, this year. I mean, we've had plenty of snowed out games, plenty of really entertaining finishes. That Toledo and um, who did they play? It was Toledo, I think Central. Yeah, Toledo and Central Michigan game where it was completely back and forth, back and forth. I mean, that game was absolutely crazy. Maxion definitely did not disappoint this year. So thank you, Maxion, for yet another great year of just entertaining uh, weekday Maxion. So. Anyways, y'all, we don't have any games on Wednesday, so we're going to go over to Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, and we have one lone game, but this is going to be a pretty big SEC rivalry game, as and as we have at 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN, the Egg Bowl, which will be played in Oxford, as we have the Mississippi State Bulldogs taking on the 20th-ranked Ole Miss Rebels, and well, for Ole Miss... They pretty much got obliterated against Arkansas last week up in Fayetteville going into the fourth quarter down, I think it was 40-6. to six. Now, they did get a decent amount of points back in the fourth quarter to make the make the score not look as bad as it should have, but 
Still was a really rough game watching just because of, you know, all the skepticism going on right now with Lane Kiffin potentially going to Auburn. You know, just, I mean, obviously Arkansas, they have a really good veteran defense. They got two really good veteran linebackers, Bumper Pool, Drew Sanders, the transfer from Alabama. So, I mean, Ole Miss really, but I mean, they were able to run the football pretty darn well, which is kind of funny because they had over 400 total rushing yards in this game. Zach Evans, a TCU transfer, he had over 200 rushing yards. Quinshawn Judkins had over 100. You know, they looked really good running the football, and I think in this game, as they're going up against Mississippi State, who does have a decent pass rush, I think obviously having that dual-headed running back duo of Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins will be a little bit too much for this Mississippi State defense. Now, I do expect Mississippi State to be able to put up some points on offense because, obviously, they're led by a veteran quarterback and Will Rogers in the air raid offense by Mike Leach, which is just absolutely deadly, and I completely expect them to be able to put up points. But it is senior day once again. It's the Egg Bowl. Interesting things always happen in these games, and I think Ole Miss, they're definitely going to want to bounce back, especially after just getting embarrassed last week in Fayetteville, which included one of their team one of their uh, one of their players actually getting their helmet stolen by an Arkansas fan. There's a video that was going around. So I think right now Ole Miss, they're going to want to bounce back. I think Lane Kiffin's going to want to end all the quote-unquote rumors about him going to Auburn, which, no offense, I mean, it's starting to really look like it. But anyway, give me Ole Miss over Mississippi State. I think if Ole Miss, they're able to continue to run the football pretty darn well and not get a late start, and what I mean not get a late start, I mean wait until the fourth quarter to get going, it should be a pretty interesting game. So once again, Give me the Rebels over Mississippi State on Thanksgiving night in the Egg Bowl. Now, guys, that'll be it for our pretty much weekday games. So now let's get over to the weekend. And on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, boy, oh, boy, do we have some pretty good games. And to kick it all off, we have probably one of the better uh, you know, better games, at least in my opinion, uh, in the Group of Five conference. It's going to be at 11 a.m. Central Time on ABC. We have the 19th-ranked Tulane Green Wave, who are coming off a blowout win against SMU at home, taking on the 21st-ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. Now, biggest factor for me in this game is the fact that it's going to be played in Cincinnati. It's not going to be down in Tulane uh, or New Orleans, which obviously is going to play a huge factor because of weather and everything like that. You know, New Orleans weather compared to Cincinnati weather are complete polar opposites, and I think Cincinnati they'll have a little bit of a little bit of a a little bit of an advantage, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I, I love Tulane's defense after watching them. They have a really great running back. I can't remember his name. But, I mean, he ran all over SMU's defense. But in this this week, at least, they're going up against a better defense. The offense, which is not the same, obviously lost Desmond Ritter, uh, Alec Pierce, and all those guys at the draft. But I still think that Cincinnati team, they're still really good despite having two losses on the year. So give me Cincinnati in this game to beat Tulane. I mean, I'm not trying to continue to be the bummer. I know I picked SMU over Tulane last week, which made me literally look just absolutely embarrassed because they killed the Mustangs. But I do think the the fact that this game is going to be on the road a day after Thanksgiving, it's just it's made to it's made to be one of the bigger upsets of the weekend. So give me the Cincinnati Bearcats over the Tulane Green Wave at Cincinnati. So. Anyways, y'all, the next game that we have, we're going to have a old Big 12 rivalry at 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. We have the Baylor Bears who are coming off just one of the, mo the, one of the more embarrassing losses. I mean, they literally were beating fourth-ranked TCU 28-26 uh, to 26 with two minutes left. They were getting the ball back as well. All they needed was one first down, and they came about a yard short of that. And I know they're really regretting that right now as our record currently sits at 6-5. and five. And to make matters worse, they're going to be traveling down to Austin to go take on B 
Bijan Robinson and the Texas Longhorns, who are coming off a just absolute thrashing of Kansas last week. Bijan Robinson had his best career day so far as a collegiate athlete, over 250 yards rushing, four touchdowns on the day. I, I just think, honestly, if if Texas is able to get him, I mean, Quinn Ewers did not do anything crazy, right? I mean, you really are not going to need to when you have two running backs that have over 100-plus rushing yards. Obviously, Bijan just completely went off. The defense has been playing lights out. I think that Texas defense is going to give a ton of problems to that Baylor offense. I know TCU's defense kind of got exposed, but in my opinion, I think Texas does have a better defense than, than my Horn Frogs do, and I think they'll show it in this game against the Baylor Bears, especially a rivalry game. I know it's not a huge rivalry game, but it's definitely definitely one that if you are in the state of Texas, you know that it does mean a lot. So. Give me the Texas Longhorns over the Baylor Bears to kick off our noon slate of games on Friday. Because, I mean, we have a ton of games going on on Friday, which I'm really excited about because it'll give a lot of us something to do. So, anyways, y'all, the next game that I'm going to talk about at 2 p.m. Central Time on FS FS1, we're going to have a battle for Arizona as we had the Arizona State Sun Devils traveling to Tucson to take on the Arizona Wildcats. Now, I don't know if Emory Jones will be playing in this game for Arizona State. I don't think it's really going to make too much of a difference because it is going to be on the road. Um, Arizona had a great upset win against uh, against UCLA about two weeks back. You know, Jaden Delora, he played really good as well. And I like the Wildcats in this game. It's going to be at home. You know, despite having a 4-7 and seven record, what Coach Fish is being able to do for the Wildcats is definitely being underrated right now. I know the record doesn't show it, but once they start getting a lot more recruits and everything like that, they may potentially be able to, you know, finally bring some more competition to the Pac-12. And I think especially this being in a rivalry game, they're going to want this game really bad. Even though they're not going to be able to make a bowl game, I still think it should be a fun game to watch. So give me the Arizona Wildcats over the Arizona State Sun Devils in a battle for Arizona. Now we're going to continue our rivalry games, but this time we're going to head out east at 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. We have the NC State Wolfpack taking on the 18th-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. Now North Carolina, they're coming off an embarrassing loss against Georgia Tech at home. Drake May, who didn't play his best game, you know, not the same 300-yard passer with five touchdown Drake May, Heisman hopeful Drake May that we've kind of gotten used to, but I think he's going to want to definitely bounce back in this game. Same with the whole North Carolina team as a whole, especially the defense, which is, we all know has been a weak point for North Carolina the past few years. And then for NC State, not a lot to say. They lost on the road to Louisville, which I think Louisville is a really good team, but, um, you know, obviously pretty much slim to none at quarterback they're down to their fourth string quarterback and now they're going on the road to chapel hill in a rivalry game and they're going up against one of the best quarterbacks in all of america and drake may who i know will not win a heisman trophy this year but definitely for the next few years will be in heisman talks i mean it's gonna be hard to want to go against north carolina and obviously nc state i know they have a decent defense but the air raid of Drake May to Josh Downs, even I mean, heck, it's 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 unstoppable regardless. I know Georgia Tech was able to do it, but I mean, come on, I think North Carolina might have been looking towards this game and then potentially the ACC championship game. So give me the Tar Heels over the NC State Wolfpack. Now, if we're talking early on in the year, I probably would have said NC State, but I mean, just right now, how derailed NC State is with injuries and just how good North Carolina's offense still is despite have, losing that game to Georgia Tech. I really like Drake May, and I know a lot of people in America do simply for the fact that he's only a freshman quarterback. He still has a lot more development to do, and I think in this game, he's definitely going to prove why we were talking about him being a Heisman candidate. So give me North Carolina over the NC State Wolfpack in a battle of North Carolina. Now, guys, for our next game that we have, we're going to go to the SEC, and 
I, I, I won't really say this is a rivalry game, so to speak. I know the two states are right next to each other, but it's not really a rivalry game. But at 2.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS, we have the Arkansas Razorbacks going over to Missouri to take on the Missouri Tigers, who have to win this game if they want to get bowl eligible. They're currently sitting at 5-6. and six. They got a good win last week against some FCS opponent, which... I mean, come on, like I talked about, it was a cupcake week in the SEC. But for Arkansas, they got a huge, and I mean a huge upset win against Ole Miss at home last week on senior day. The defense played lights out. The offense was absolutely fantastic. Raheem Rocket Sanders continues to show why he's one of the best backs in all of the SEC. And now they're going up against a Missouri Tiger team whose defense has actually been pretty good. We, we saw what they did against Georgia, you know, during the middle of the year. We saw what they did, you know, against uh, Kentucky. Heck, even South Carolina, who they actually got a win against in Columbia, which I don't think Tennessee fans would know what that's like. But, you know, anyway, they have a really solid defense. And I know they got blown out against Tennessee, but obviously being at home, it's going to be senior day. It's going to create for a pretty decent game, in my opinion, but... I like K.J. Jefferson. I like the fact that just he's a really veteran-proven quarterback. I mean, just the fact that he's on the field is going to intimidate a lot of people. He's a great leader. We saw what he did against LSU where he where he didn't play one bit. Malik Hornsby actually played, and he continued to help him despite him having a lot of struggles. I think the team, they love they love K.J. Jefferson. They want to play for him. They want to just continue to succeed with them. I think in this game, they're definitely going to want to be able to improve their position in a bowl game and definitely spoil Missouri's chances at being able to go to a bowl game so give me the Razorbacks over the Missouri Tigers. I think it'll be a close game. I just think because, obviously, it's on the road in Columbia. Now, if it was in Fayetteville, I would say probably Arkansas would blow them out. But it is on the road. And just we saw what Missouri did with Georgia. I'm not trying to keep bringing it back up. But I think Arkansas, if they're able to run the football pretty darn well, I think they should have this game. So give me so give me Woo Pig Suey over the Tigers of Missouri. Now, guys, for the final game that I do want to talk about here on a Friday slate of games. We had a few other ones, but no, nothing big time or anything. But the final one that we do have, one of the biggest rivalries in all of college football at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. We have the we have the uh, Florida Gators who are coming off a just really disappointing loss up in Nashville against Vanderbilt, a game that they should have easily won. I think a lot of people projected them to win, myself included. I thought Anthony Richardson and that offense would be able to absolutely just demolish Vanderbilt. I know Vanderbilt doesn't have a horrifyingly bad defense, but the fact that Florida's defense got ran all over by Vanderbilt, Mike Wright, the quarterback, I forgot the running back's name, but regardless, they're going on the road to Tallahassee to take on the current Florida State Seminoles, the 16th-ranked Florida State Seminoles, who are absolutely on fire right now. They're currently sitting at 8-3. and three. I mean, they... They literally are probably, in my opinion, currently right now, the way they've been playing these past few games, are one of the top teams right now in college football. I know ranking-wise it may not show it, but if you've watched this team, especially how the offense has been playing with Jordan Travis, you know, uh, uh, Trey Benson, this team has been absolutely electric. And I think also this being a big-time rivalry game, being played at Tallahassee, I just I do not I really do not see a way for Florida to win this game. I really don't. I think maybe if the defense steps up a little bit, but even then. You know, they're going against a way better team than Vanderbilt. Way better team against Vanderbilt. And then also Florida State's defense, which has been really solid this year as well. I think they'll be able to contain Anthony Richardson a little bit better than what Vanderbilt did. So give me the Florida State Seminoles to beat the Florida Gators in a big-time rivalry game in the state of Florida. And, I mean, I think Florida State will not have any issues being able to run the football all over Florida. We saw what Vanderbilt did. Florida State has an even better run game than Vanderbilt. So, once again... 
Give me the Seminoles over the Gators in a big-time rivalry game to wrap up all of our action from Friday. Now, there is one game that will still be you know, to be determined, and that's the Battle of Virginia between the Cavaliers and Virginia Tech. But as we all know, the travesty that happened in Charlottesville where three players were tragically killed. So I would not really expect this game to be played just for the fact that you know, there's not really a lot of meaning for it because it's currently both teams are sitting with three wins and are completely out of bowl eligibility. So I don't really see a way for it to potentially actually get played, but it might. We don't know. So I just want to let y'all know that's the other rivalry game that we do have there on Friday. But anyways, y'all, as we wrap up all of our weekday action, let's now get to our main day of games on Saturday as we have some of the biggest games that we're going to have all year and to kick it all off before we do talk about, obviously, the biggest rivalry in college football, at 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN, we have the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets going on the road to take on the number one Georgia Bulldogs. Now, Georgia, their offense struggled heavily against Kentucky last week, but the defense is still lights out, and they're going up against one of the worst offenses in Georgia Tech. I know Georgia Tech went on the road and beat North Carolina, which was a great win. Don't get me wrong. Georgia Tech definitely should be proud of how they played against uh, Drake May, especially defensively. So I think Georgia Tech's defense might be able to get to Stetson Bennett a little bit because he has been dealing with some turnover issues the past few weeks, but I really do not see Georgia Tech even having a chance in this game, especially the fact that he's being played at Sanford Stadium in Athens. Yeah, so uh, I'm definitely going to take the Bulldogs huge over Georgia Tech. I think that Georgia defense is just going to absolutely bully Georgia Tech's offense, which is decimated with injuries. You know, they're currently playing with their third-string quarterback. Uh, I mean, they. It, I don't think there's really going to be any type of route. I think Georgia Tech maybe might put up a touchdown or two in this game at most. I think that'll be lucky if they even get two. So give me the Georgia Bulldogs over the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets in a battle for Georgia. Now, guys, what we've all been waiting for, the rivalry game of the century. At 11 a.m. Central Time on Fox, we have the third-ranked Michigan Wolverines, who do not have Blake Corum, mind you. He will be out in this game with a knee injury that he suffered against Illinois last week. So just something to kind of keep in mind as they're going on the road to Columbus to take on their arch rival, the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes, who also had their own struggles against Maryland. But I mean, all top four teams last week struggled. TCU barely escaped Baylor. Uh, Ohio State, they were barely able to escape Maryland despite having a really strong fourth quarter. Michigan barely escaped Illinois at home. And then obviously Georgia just were not really able to get anything going offensively against uh, Kentucky. But this game should be really interesting. I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot, and I mean a lot of revenge for Ohio State because of what happened last year where they were upset up there in Ann Arbor. And I think the fact that, you know, Michigan, their whole offense, you know, revolves around Blake Corm and the run game. And the fact that they will not have Blake Corum in this game, who is a Heisman hopeful, mind you, is just going to absolutely kill their offense. Nothing against J.J. McCarthy, but he has not really had to step up in terms of being that quarterback that can carry a game. And I think now they're going up against C.J. Stroud in that offense of the Ohio State Buckeyes, who you know, are absolutely decimated with injuries in the running back room. But they have Dalen Hayden, who looked really good against Maryland last week, the true freshman. And I mean, it's going to be hard to go against this Ohio State team, and I think it's going to be pretty clear who's going to win this game. I know Ohio State is minus 7.5, but to be honest, I know Michigan have a good defense, but I don't think Michigan's going to be able to really put up that many points against this Ohio State team, especially now that they have Jim Knowles as their defensive coordinator. So give me the Buckeyes over the Michigan Wolverines to kick us off in our huge, I mean, just huge Saturday of rivalry games, and obviously this one being the best of the best. 
Now, there probably will be a decent amount of points scored by Ohio State. I just think Michigan, you know, not having Blake Corum is really going to derail any type of momentum because now Ohio State and their defense, they don't need a game plan around Blake Corum and stopping him, which would open up a lot more holes for Michigan to be able to throw the football. So now they're going to really just have to be able to game plan around, okay, well, they're not going to be able to run the football. They're going to try and throw the football like crazy. So obviously they're going to game plan around that. I think Jim Knowles absolutely has been doing wonders for this defense of Ohio State. So give me the Buckeyes once again over the Michigan Wolverines in the biggest rivalry game in all of college football. Now, guys, for our next game, we're going to go back over to the Carolinas as we have, once again, the Battle of South Carolina. We had the Battle of North Carolina on Friday, but here on Saturday, we're going to have the Battle of South Carolina at 11 a.m. Central Time on ABC. We have the South Carolina Gamecocks who are coming off a huge blowout win against the fifth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers, which unfortunately saw Tennessee lose their starting quarterback, Hendon Hooker, and Heisman hopeful quarterback, Hendon Hooker, for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. But Spencer Rattler... You know, five passing, or I think he had six passing touchdowns on the day. You know, only had a few incompletions. I mean, he absolutely went off against Tennessee. The defense stepped up, I mean, it's probably as good as they could against that Tennessee offense. And now they're going on the road to Death Valley 2.0 to take on the seventh-ranked Clemson Tigers. Now, don't get, don't get it twisted. I think Clemson will win this game. It's being played in in Clemson, so obviously it's going to be a huge advantage. It's, it's never easy to go play on the road at Clemson, which is why I'm going to say Clemson will win this game. And I think Spencer Rattler, I don't want to say he had a fluke game because I, I never wish that on anybody, but I do think he will go back to a little bit of his old ways in this game. And I do think I do expect Clemson to win by probably no, a decent amount of scoring. I say a decent amount. I think Will Shipley will get back going. I know he didn't have the best game last week, but obviously DJ Ugalele stepped up in the run game when they needed him the most. He looked really good. Uh, I mean, and obviously Clemson, they have a really good defense. They definitely have a better defense than Tennessee. So it's going to be hard to want to go against the Tigers. So give me Clemson to beat South Carolina in a battle of South Carolina. So nothing against the Gamecocks. I mean, it was a great win they had against Tennessee, but I think the hype will die down in this game. The whole Spencer Rattler's back. We all need to calm down. It was one game compared to three years that we've been seeing him now playing. So it was one game. Now, don't get me wrong. I think he'll I think he'll improve. I think he'll still play pretty good in this game, but I do not expect him to go for six passing touchdowns, you know, 400 passing yards, you know, go absolutely insane against a pretty stout Clemson defense. So, anyway, once again, give me Clemson over South Carolina. Now, guys, the next game that I'm going to want to talk about, we're going to kind of go now to our midday slate of games at 2 p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network. We have the Louisville Cardinals in a battle of Kentucky taking on the Kentucky Wildcats over in Lexington at Kroger Field. Now, I know Kentucky, they're favored by minus 3.5 in this game, which rightfully so, it's being played in Kentucky, or it's being played in Lexington. But if you saw how Will Levis has been playing, you I don't think anybody would want to take especially take Kentucky in this game just because the the so-called number two or three in a quarterback draft prospect in the 2023 draft has been playing horribly I mean horribly the past few weeks it all started with Tennessee where he threw three interceptions he had a decent bounce back game against Missouri where he had three touchdowns but if you really watch that game he was not that effective and now they're going up against a pretty good Louisville defense which we saw what they did against Wake Forest and Sam Hartman where they forced eight turnovers on that in that game I mean, it's going to be hard to really want to go against Louisville. I know they won't have Malik Cunningham in this game who's injured. For, I don't I don't remember the exact reason, but 
I think that defense of Louisville is going to give Kentucky's offense a bunch of fits. I think if Louisville, they just continue to run the ball pretty effectively against Kentucky. I expect the Cardinals to win this game, so give me the underdogs, Louisville, in this battle of Kentucky, as I fully expect that defense to give Will Levis a ton of fits in this game. Now, guys, for our next game, as we are now in our midday slate of games, we're going to have the Battle of Alabama at 2.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. We have the Auburn Tigers taking yeah, the Auburn Tigers taking on the eighth-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, this game will be played at Bryant-Denny Stadium, so beware. This might potentially be a pretty ugly game. Now, I know, don't get me wrong, I know Cadillac Williams has been able to get a lot more results out of this Auburn team than we saw with Brian Harson, which is kind of funny to think because, well, Cadillac Williams was a running back coach, but, I mean, the team loves to play for him. Obviously, Robbie Ashford stepped up a little bit. I mean, Auburn got a great win against Texas A&M at home, which I know is nothing impressive, but for the fact that A&M has so much talent, their defense is really good, and they were still able to get a win, got to give a lot of credit to Auburn in that. But they're going on the road against a really tough Alabama team. Despite them having two losses, I mean, obviously that offense is still electric. You've got Bryce Young, Jermaine Burton. I mean, it, it, I, don't, I don't really see this Auburn defense being able to contain them, especially, I mean, just no offense, Bryce Young will probably have a field day against Auburn. And then the defense of Alabama, they still have Will Anderson, who I know does not have his best you know, Heisman campaign season we were so used to seeing last year. He's still been really good. Elias Ricks has been pretty good, the transfer from LSU. So, I mean, I'm just I'm going to have to go with Alabama in this game. I know they're minus 21.5. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Don't get me wrong. I know Auburn's not that great, but I don't think their defense is going to let them lose by 21 because I think Auburn will be able to put up some points of their own. And, you know, just another reminder, Auburn's still not out of bowl eligibility. They're currently sitting at 5-6. and six. They have to win this game, obviously. So that might play a factor into this, but I just think playing at the playing on the road in Tuscaloosa at Bryant-Denny Stadium is just going to be too much for the Tigers. So give me the Alabama Crimson Tide in this game. Now, y'all, we're going to go back over to the West Coast at 2.30 p.m. Central Time as we have yet another rivalry game on ABC as we have the Civil War up in Oregon as we have the uh, 10th-ranked Oregon Ducks taking on the now 22nd-ranked Oregon State Beavers. Now, this game is going to be pretty interesting because Oregon State, they have a great defense, absolutely great defense. I know Michael Penix Jr. kind of exposed them a little bit you know, a few weeks back when they played over in Washington, but this team is still really good, sitting at 8-3. and three. They're having one of their better years probably in the past 10 years right now, um, and especially now that they're having a big-time rivalry game, they're going to be playing in Corvallis. Uh, you know, Oregon... Still a really good team. Still a really solid team. They were able to get a good win over a good Utah team that has a really good defense. And they also, the defense of Oregon, which has kind of been one of their weaker link part of their teams, was able to contain Utah to only 10 points in that game. I think it was, I, I know it was less than 20. So, I, I mean, honestly, as much as I want to go Oregon State, I just think Bo Nix, he's going to continue to do Bo Nix things. I mean, I really do like Oregon State. I really do. But their offense is so wishy-washy. I know they have a really good run game, but it's so wishy-washy, especially with the quarterback play. And I just think Oregon, who has a more consistent offense, I think their defense, who has all the talent in the world, Noah Sewell, Justin Flo, I think they should easily be able to beat Oregon State. I know they're minus 3.5. I'm actually going to take them for more. So give me the Oregon Ducks to beat Oregon State in this rivalry in the state of Oregon in the Civil War. I just, I mean, I really I really do not want to go against Bo Nix. I really don't because he's really revitalized his career up in Eugene. After having a pretty 
average career down in Auburn, you know, especially getting a lot of criticism from fans, especially SEC fans and everything like that. So now that he's going to the Pac-12. He still is playing like a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. I know his chances are pretty much slim to none, but I still think that they should be able to. And I mean, if they do get this win in Oregon State, that'll really help boost their resume as well for potentially if they do want to make the you make the college football playoff if something miraculous happens. I know I think, you know, obviously a team like Alabama will get in before Oregon, but still it would be kind of interesting to see, you know, if they would have a chance. So give me the Oregon Ducks, which I think will be an out, a complete offensive shootout in this game. But I think Oregon, they should be able to get the W over their in-state rival, the Oregon State Beavers. Now, guys, we're going to travel a little bit down. We're going to travel a little bit down. And now we're going to get to our night slate of games. And the first game that I want to talk about at 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN just ESPN, my bad, I was, I was about to say ESPNU, but it was just ESPN, we have the sixth-ranked LSU Tigers traveling to College Station to take on the Texas A&M Aggies, and this actually is not going to be senior day for the Aggies, they did that last week against UMass, which we can all pretty much figure why, because I think they, they already kind of knew that, yeah, you're going up against one of the hottest teams right now in college football, let alone the SEC, so uh, yeah, I, I really... Oh, man, I really feel bad for Texas A&M because, I mean, all the hype, all the expectations, and you're currently sitting at 4-7, and seven and you barely beat a 1-9 and nine UMass team last week by 17 points. They were favored by 30-something, I think, and you barely were able to put 20 points on the board. I don't know if they're going to have Devon A-Chain in this game, which if they don't have Devon A-Chain, you can automatically count this as a loss because I think he would be their only chance of being able to win. I think a lot of this Texas A&M team, they're ready to just either transfer out, get the season over with, you know, especially just this is their final game of the year. And it's kind of a tale of two tales because obviously College Station is never an easy place to play. It's going to be a sold-out crowd, 100,000-plus people are going to be packed into Kyle Field. But I think LSU and their offense – you know, after seeing what they did against Alabama's defense, which Alabama, I don't know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, Texas A&M fans, you have a really good young core on defense, but Alabama, they have a better defense overall than A&M. Um, I just think A&M's offense won't be able to be able to match the points that Jaden Daniels and, you know, the uh, LSU Tigers are going to be able to put up. I really don't. I think Kayshawn Boutte, he's going to have himself a pretty good game. Mason Taylor, the really young tight end for the Tigers, and obviously – Jaden Daniels has really emerged as one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. So give me LSU in this game. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see because as much as I want to pick A&M to get the big-time upset win, I just don't know with how their offense has been playing. Connor Wigman has been very inconsistent. We saw what happened against Auburn a few weeks ago, but we also saw what he did against Ole Miss in his first career start. So, I mean, he could completely flip the switch, and they, I mean, he could go off against this LSU team. But I just really, really doubt it because I think LSU overall, their defense is really good. Harold Perkins, obviously, who had that monstrous game against Arkansas where he had four sacks. I mean, I think he's going to absolutely murder this offensive line at Texas A&M. I just I really do not see a path for A&M winning this game. So give me LSU to beat the Aggies of Texas A&M. Now the next game that we have, we're going to be going. We're going to stay in the SEC. We're going to stay in the SEC. At 6.30 p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network, we have the now ninth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers who do not have uh, Hendon Hooker, mind you. They're going to be going with the former Michigan quarterback, Joe Milton, as they're going to be going to Nashville to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. Now, this game has upset written all over it. And you're probably like, well, how would Vanderbilt upset Tennessee? Let me tell you why. Vanderbilt off Vanderbilt defensively was able to contain a pretty solid offense, in my opinion, 
in Florida, right? Florida gave Tennessee a ton of fits. When, even when they were healthy, Tennessee was healthy early on in the year. You know, Florida barely, barely lost to Tennessee on the road up in Knoxville. So, and the fact that this game is going to be on the road, I know Tennessee fans are probably going to pack the stadium regardless. It's probably going to be more of a home game for Tennessee. But I think this game will be a lot closer than people are expecting, especially now that they don't have Hendon Hooker. The team really is kind of feeling deflated after getting absolutely blown out. The defense as well. We saw what happened with Spencer Rattler, and I know Vanderbilt, they don't have the best offense in the SEC, but they do have a pretty good run game, like I talked about with their quarterback, Mike Wright, Mike Wright and then they do have a couple running backs that are going to be able to give you at least 50-plus rushing yards a game. I think it'll be close. I'm going to go with Tennessee to win, but do not be surprised if we do see an upset in this game with Vanderbilt going over Tennessee because I think Tennessee, they're really vulnerable right now. They know they're not going to the SEC championship. They know they're probably not going to make a New York Six Bowl game. So, or actually, take that back. They, they probably will. But, I mean, obviously, if they get a loss here, they definitely will not make a New York Six Bowl game. And for Vanderbilt, they're currently sitting at 5-6. and six, And, I mean, if they are able to get this win and go to 6-6 six and six and become bowl eligible, it'll be their first time in, I think, like dang near a decade they'll be able to make a bowl game. So, give me the Tennessee Volunteers. But I think this will be a very close game, kind of like Lee Corso always says. And, once again, this is kind of my upset of the week. I'm picking Tennessee still because I'm just going to be realistic. But I would not be just, I would not be shocked whatsoever if I saw the Commodores pull out a win against the Volunteers. Now, guys, for our next game and one of the biggest rivalry games that we do have this weekend, and this one has a lot of implications, especially in the Pac-12 at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC, we have the 13th-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish taking on the 5th-ranked USC Trojans. Now, for USC... Very close and nail-binding game against their rival UCLA on the road last week in the Rose Bowl. The defense, they came up clutch when they needed them, getting that great game-sealing interception off a of DTR. They were able to force two turnovers off a of DTR and interceptions. Um, offense, Caleb Williams is still playing like a Heisman-winning quarterback. I think he needs to be considered a lot more for the Heisman Trophy. I mean, if you look at it statistically, as how he's been playing the past few weeks, he definitely, and I mean definitely, should be up there with some of the biggest names. I mean, what he's been able to do right now at USC, he doesn't have a starting starting running back in Travis Dye. Um, also, Mario Williams really hasn't been getting much playing time due to injuries. Jordan Addison went off against UCLA last week as well, the former Belenikoff winner back in 2021 with Pitt. The defense is still a very big question mark, obviously. I think the run game has been something they've really not been able to contain as well, and they're going up against one of the better run, running teams in all of America and Notre Dame, who has two running backs that will likely probably put up 100-plus rushing yards each in this game. And, you know, kind of talking about Notre Dame a little bit, they have a solid defense, a solid defense. Isaiah Foxy, or I think that's how you pronounce his last name, Foxy, he was able to actually uh, go over Justin Tuck in terms of school school record and sacks in a career. So their defense is really good. Notre Dame and their safety, uh, Peyton Morrison, that dude is just a pick machine. And going up against USC, it's going to be a really interesting game. As much as I want Notre Dame to pull off the upset because of a lot of family ties I have to Notre Dame, I got to be realistic. I really do. I think Caleb Williams will play pretty solid. It's going to be now. If this was played in South Bend, I'm taking Notre Dame absolutely in this game. But it's going to be played at the L.A. Coliseum, which is going to be obviously a huge momentum boost for the Trojans. It's going to give them obviously that environment that they're going to need. It's going to be 6:30 primetime game on ABC. You know, USC fans will have no excuse not to show up to this game because 
you know, if USC wins this game, their playoff hopes are pretty much going to be alive depending on how, you know, TCU goes, Iowa State and all those, you know, or not how Iowa State, how TCU-Iowa State goes, Michigan and Ohio State goes, because one of those teams is going to lose. Michigan or Ohio State, one of those teams is going to lose, which if USC is able to beat Notre Dame in a pretty good fashion, USC will jump into the playoff. I will guarantee you that USC, they will jump into the playoff. So a lot of implications are going to be going into this game. I definitely do not expect USC to overlook Notre Dame, especially their defense. Now, offensively, they don't have the best quarterback in Drew Pine. He's not going to be able to throw the football all over you because they're going to rely heavily on the run game. But I'm going to have to go with USC. I think it'll be a close game. I do not expect them to blow out Notre Dame because, once again, Notre Dame, they have a pretty good defense. But it being on the road for Notre Dame, I'm just going to have to go with the Trojans. I like the Trojans in this game, despite not having Travis Dye in the backfield. You know, they still have Mario Williams. They still have Jordan Addison. They still have Darwin Barlow, the former TCU running back. I mean, they still have a really solid offense. And then, obviously, the Heisman hopeful quarterback and Caleb Williams. So, give me the Trojans in this big-time rivalry game as USC may potentially shoot themselves up into the college football playoff. And real quick, my bad, guys. I forgot to talk about the TCU and Iowa State game. I was talking about TCU, and then I remembered, oh, shoot, I actually need to talk about that game. So let me scroll down real quick till we get to it. All right, so at 3 p.m. Central Time on Fox, we have the Iowa State Cyclones traveling to Fort Worth to take on the fourth-ranked TCU Horn Frogs. For me, it's going to really depend on how will TCU's offense go up against this one of the best defenses in the pack in the Big 12 in the Iowa State Cyclones, right? Iowa State, they're not going to flash you offensively. You know, they're 1-7 in the Big 12. They're 4-7 overall. You know, you're probably like, wow, this should be an easy game for TCU. But do not underestimate this Iowa State team because they they consistently will play in games that are down to one possession. You know, they only lost by one point to Kansas State early on in the year. They were able to give Texas a ton of fits down in Austin. I mean, this team, despite their record sitting at 4-7, are a team that you do not want to, you know, really underestimate. And obviously, they're going to want to play spoiler to TCU's perfect season. But also at the same time, TCU, who had a great comeback win against Baylor on the road last week, Max Duggan continues to prove why he is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in all of college football. But the, the biggest question mark in this game is, will Kendra Miller, Quentin Johnston, Darius Davis, will they all be back in this game? after not really playing that much in that game against Baylor. Now, Quentin Johnston and Kendra, they played the first half but did not play the second for, I guess, I'm guessing injury reasons or maybe just to rest them. And then also on top of that, Darius Davis did not play in that game whatsoever. He did dress out but did not play. So they should be rested up. I doubt they're going to practice a lot during the week. But it's going to be senior day. Obviously, Darius, who's a senior. You got Max, who's a senior. He still has one year of eligibility, so technically he could come back next year. I think this will be a really fun game to watch, especially with how Iowa State's defense is. But as we all know, Iowa State is very inconsistent on offense, kind of similar to their in-state rival Iowa in the terms of quarterback play. has always been horrible, and Deckers, Hunter Deckers has not been that great this year. But they do have two really good wide receivers and Jalen Noel and then Xavier Hutchinson, who are both likely going to be NFL wide receivers. So this should be a pretty fun game to watch. I'm going to go with the TCU Horn Frogs. I don't think they'll beat Iowa State uh, by 10.5, which is what currently TCU is being favored by. So I would definitely take Iowa State plus 10.5 in this game. But I do think TCU, they will be able to get the win and actually, you know, ha and, they will, and they will have an unbeaten regular season for the first time since 2010 when Andy Dalton led the Horn Frogs to the Rose Bowl in a game which they would win against the Wisconsin Badgers. So, anyways, y'all, we're going we're gonna to get back to our evening slate of games now. I didn't mean to 
Didn't mean to hold y'all out, but we're going to go. Now we're going to we're staying in the Big 12, but at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on FS1, we have the Oklahoma Sooners traveling to Lubbock to take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Now, after seeing what Oklahoma did in the first quarter against Oklahoma State, you probably would have – I mean, I expected that game to be like 56-0, to zero, right, against OSU. But Oklahoma State – or not Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, they didn't really do much the rest of the game for three quarters. They would not score another point. But their defense was really good against Spencer Sanders and the Oklahoma State Cowboys, forcing four interceptions, which is huge. They contained the run game. They didn't allow Spencer Sanders to get anything going. You could also say a lot of that had to do with play calling for Oklahoma State, which was atrocious. But – in this game against Texas Tech, you know Texas Tech, they don't have the they don't have their starting quarterback Byron Morton. They're going with the former Oregon quarterback Tyler Shug, who didn't play too bad on the road against Iowa State last week. But at the same time, it's Oklahoma offense with Eric Gray, Dylan Gabriel. Heck, they still have Marvin Mims. I think people keep forgetting who's still a really good wide receiver. So give me Oklahoma in this game. I think it'll be a close game. I mean, obviously it being in Lubbock kind of scares me to want to pick Oklahoma. But I'm going to go with the Sooners. I like their offense a ton. I don't know if Texas Tech will be able to be able to hold that air raid offense of the Sooners, especially under Jeff Lebby. So give me the Sooners over the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Now the next game that we're going to talk about at 7 p.m. Central Time on Fox, once again, we're still going to be in the Big 12 as we have the Sunflower Showdown up in the state of Kansas as we have the Kansas Jayhawks traveling up to Manhattan to take on the now, I don't think they're 15th ranked. They are, they are still 15th. Okay. They're going to be taking on the 15th-ranked Kansas State Wildcats. Now, Kansas State coming off a great win in Morgantown last week in which Will Howard looked really good, Malik Knowles looked really good. Defense, they allowed you know West Virginia to get a decent amount of points on them, but this week they're going up against a Kansas team who got run all over against Texas. I mean, tech, I mean as, as we talked about early on, B. John Robinson had a field day against this Jayhawk team. I fully expect Deuce Vaughn to do the same exact thing against the Jayhawks in this game. And weirdly enough, Texas actually needs Kansas to win this game and beat Kansas State because if they're able to beat Kansas State, Texas would be able to get into the Big 12 championship and would have a rematch against TCU. But I really don't see that happening. I see Kansas State winning this game and then having their rematch against TCU and Arlington. So give me the Kansas State Wildcats over the Kansas Jayhawks, in which I think will be a huge game for Deuce Vaughn and this Kansas State offense. Now, guys... Uh, the final game that we do have at 9.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. So this will be the final game we'll talk about here on Saturday's slate of games. We have the, uh, let me check, the 12th-ranked Washington Huskies taking on the Washington State Cougars over in Pullman, the battle for the Apple Cup. Uh, this game will be really good. You have two really good offenses, obviously Washington being led by veteran quarterback Michael Penix Jr., the former Indiana quarterback. Who's going to be able to sling the ball the entire game against this Washington State defense? And then for Washington State, they have the Incarnate Word transfer quarterback in Cam Ward, who's actually been pretty good. He's led the team to a 7-4 record. They have a 500 record in the Pac-12, sitting at 4-4. Four four. So I think there will be a ton of points scored in this game. Definitely take the over. But in this game, I'm going to have to go with uh, Michael Penix Jr. and the offense of the Huskies. They've really started to revitalize their year after you know losing that really tough game at Arizona State, which I think nobody envisioned, myself included. They've really been able to get their season back going. And obviously, I think they should have no issues against Washington State as I think they will win the Apple Cup and they will improve to 10-2 and on the year as they're wanting to be able to continue to keep their Pac-12 championship hopes alive. So give me the Washington Huskies over the Washington State Cougars in a battle for Washington. Now, guys, that'll wrap up 
all of our action for week 13 of the 2022 college football season. So let me know which game y'all looking forward to the most. Me personally, I'm looking forward to obviously the big game. You got Ohio State and Michigan being played in the, you know, being almost at the big house, being played at the horseshoe. I mean, man, that's going to be interesting to see how that Michigan offense will play without Blake Corn because J.J. McCarthy is going to have to step up. You know, he really he really has not had to this year because obviously he's had Blake, Blake McCorm kind of as his safety blanket. But in this game, we're going to have to see the young quarterback really step up against a pretty good Ohio State defense. So, anyways, y'all, thank y'all so much for listening to today's preview of Week 13 of the 2022 college football season. Make sure y'all like, comment, share, rate, do whatever you can. Make sure you continue you should you show your support to the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And, guys, also, I don't mean to continue to keep talking about it, but if you are feeling a little bit generous and want to up your support to the Cover 7 podcast, Anchor.fm has a monthly supporter program, which is $4.99 a month. It's pretty much like subscribing to your favorite YouTuber or Twitch streamer. It just allows for me to be able to better financially support the podcast, better the quality, and even give members some exclusive perks. So thank you guys so much for all that y'all do. Thank y'all for simply dropping a like, listening, doing whatever you can, as it truly means the absolute world to me. And guys, I will see y'all back here on Sunday for a recap of all of our college football action from week 13 of Rivalry Week here in college football. So, guys, thank you so much. Have a great rest of y'all's week, and I will see y'all back here on Sunday at 12 p.m. Central Time for a recap of week 13 of the 2022 college football season. So, peace, guys. Have a great Thanksgiving, and I will see y'all then.